Okay, good morning. How's everyone? It's a gr- wonderful day, Amen. right? The sun is shining outside. We hope God can shine in our hearts. Okay, we have 35 minutes. Uh, we're going to talk more about Joseph. We've been going through uh, the great cloud of witnesses, especially in Genesis. Abram, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. We're on Joseph this morning. We're going to continue uh, to look at Joseph, we're in cha- if you want to follow, read the whole, we don't have time to read the whole narrative, it's chapters 40 and 41, so you want to read that on your own, uh, it's quite detailed, good story, well written, okay, so uh, we're in great cloud of witnesses, our title, subtitle this morning is Joseph from a self-centered life to others-centered from self-centered to others-centered. So I think if we look at the life of Joseph, you can see that transition, right? God worked in his life to bring him from being self-centered, which we all tend to be, to being others-centered, which we all need to be, Right, And that is the story of his life, and we're going to bring that out this morning. My name's Nigel, by the way. I didn't introduce myself. <laughs> uh, we're happy you're here, uh, right? Whether you're regular or first time or anything in between, we welcome you. We hope God will bless you through this word, would motivate you to seek him more, and he could do things in your life and mine through this. All right, so... Okay, we're on Joseph. Let me run through. Let me back up because we pick up Joseph. We pick up Joseph as a teenager. Have you ever been a teenager? All right. Remember that? Joseph started out as a teenager. You and I go through that. And okay, you know, Joseph was not perfect. You know, some people try and present Joseph, say, you know, Joseph, a picture of Christ. Jesus is perfect, and they try to, you know, so Joseph is somewhat perfect. Well, you know, that analogy is imperfect, (laughs) because why? Nobody in the whole Bible is perfect except Jesus, right? Only Jesus is perfect. Only Jesus is sinless. Only Jesus has no problem, Everybody else is in the other category, including Joseph. So let's not start out. You know, Joseph is not an example of a perfect person, right? If he was, you and I don't have much to learn because you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Ask your wife. You want to know, dear, am I perfect? Get a straight answer. All right. All right. So Joseph started out as a teenager. And okay, it tells us back up. The verses in chapter 37, when we first introduced, uh, we have the verses. He had a privileged upbringing. Think about it. Think about his situation. Back then, Joseph was in a family, a rich family. By the time Jacob returned from his journeys, he had multitudes of sheep, you know, sheep, goats, cattle, Men servants, maid servants, and he had a big family. There's a big clan. He is rich. At that time, your, your wealth is not in your real estate. It's not in your portfolio. It's in your herds. Your wealth is on four legs. 
right? Your sheep, your goats, your cattle, your whatever, donkeys, your camels, that's your wealth, right? So there's a rich family. Okay, so we were introduced to Jacob. Back up. These are the generations of Jacob. Now next generation, Joseph. That's one of his younger sons. Joseph being 17 years old, teenager, grade 11, 12, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and, and Zilpha, his father's wives, with the other, his brothers, half-brothers. And Joseph brought a bad report to their father about his brothers. Now three. Now Israel, that's Jacob. Jacob loved Joseph more than all any of his other sons. Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other sons because he was the son of his old age and he made him a robe, a coat of many colors. He made him a special coat. Think about this, right? There's the coat. There's Jacob, you know. Joseph was the favorite son in this family of 12 sons. Joseph is, yes, he's born toward the end. He's number 11. But in terms of the father's priority and preference, he's number one in terms of preference. He's the favorite son. You know, actually, he's also the baby of the family, not the last, next to last, right? Think about it. If you have a lot of kids, maybe you were the baby of the family. Are you? <laughs> you know, I was the baby of my... <laughs> Just by 30 minutes. So it wasn't quite the same, right? I was the youngest in the family, but I have a brother 30 minutes older. So we, I guess we shared it. You know, the baby of the family, right? Those are your parents. Who's the baby in your family? Maybe you grew up as the baby. I see. <laughs> I can see some here, the babies of the family, right? You get, typically, you get preference. You get away with stuff your siblings didn't. You do stuff, you right? Isn't that right? That's right. Okay, so Joseph was the baby of the family. Not only that, he's, you know, Jacob had four wives. It's complicated. And that was the son of his favorite wife. So the favorite son of his favorite wife, you know, Jacob preferred Joseph above them all, and he, was, he showed it, right? He exhibited it. Now think about Joseph. You know, I'm in a rich family. I'm the baby of the family, and I'm my dad's favorite. You know, he's the focus of the family. Do you think he ever, you know, and here's a rich family. You think he ever did his own laundry? <laughs> you think he ever took out the trash? <laughs> you think he ever washed his own clothes? No. Do you think he ever cooked his own meal? No. <laughs> right? Think about it. He's in a privileged position in a rich family, privileged family, and things follow from that. There's a strong tendency, right? Every, in that family, a lot of things revolve around Joseph. You know, Joseph needs a good meal, he gets one. Joseph's clothes need washed, they get washed, right? You know, Joseph needs to go somewhere, he gets the best camel. <laughs> <laughs> best donkey, whatever, right? He's, you know, 
right? He's in a, a you know, privileged position in a privileged family. He's not at the bottom, right? In that family, actually, he's number two. Number one is Jacob. Number two is Joseph. And everybody else is below, right? He's not starting at the bottom, right? And he got the, this dream, about, right, about his destiny, which is right. He had dreams that showed him his destiny. His destiny was you know, to rule, to be exalted in the family, that's right. And that governed his life, that's true. But let me ask you, okay, even those dreams, you know, if they're not handled properly, tend, would tend to make him more self-centered, right? He's used to being served, isn't he? People cook for him, people wash his clothes, people take the trash out of him, people make his bed, people do everything for Joseph, and he's in that kind of position, right? God, but God had a, yes, Jacob, Joseph has a destiny, but between here and that destiny, God took him through something, right? And that's what we'd like to see this morning, because maybe for you and me, God also takes us through something, right? I like it. <laughs> you know, we like to be at the top. We like to stay at the top. But sometimes it's good to start at the bottom, right? It's a good experience not to be on the top. Not to have, be served always, but to serve others to start at the bottom. You know, somebody said, the best thing, think about families, you know. We're in a, a good, great city, good situation, relatively well off, you know. And, you know, maybe in your family, let me talk to some young people. <laughs> Ask yourself, you know, do you do your own laundry? Do you make your own bed? Do you clean your own room? You ever take out the trash? You say, what's that? <laughs> you know, right? We can be in a privileged position. You know, you, you know sometimes your dad and mom say, you know, just study, study, study. Your mom cooks for you. Your mom drives you here. It's mom's taxi, dad's taxi. <laughs> Right? Some people have a bumper sticker. Mom's taxi. Right? Right? They just say study, you know, they do your laundry, clean your room, take out your trash. Okay, listen. What, what you know, what's good? What's a good uh, opportunity for young people? Let me recommend to you. Please, take, go take a job at McDonald's. There you go. You take a job at McDonald's. You say, I go there, I spend my money. You spend your parents' money. Let me suggest to you, take a job at McDonald's. That will be a big help in your life. Why? You start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. Right? So parents, here's my recommendation. You have a teenager? All right. Get an employment form from McDonald's. <laughs> All right. Why? Because, we, you know, we need to learn not just to be served. Not others serve me, others provide for me. We need to learn. This is God's way. It's God's way with jo Joseph. 
It's God's way with you and me. We need to learn to serve others and not just to be served, right? Go to McDonald's. Go to McDonald's. Ask for a job. They don't have any openings. Apply again. Try a different McDonald's. Eventually you'll get in. Don't worry. <laughs> right? Then you'll learn. At McDonald's you learn. I got to be there on time. I got to be there on time. There's a start time. There's a stop time. Right? I got to do what I'm said. They, you know, they say, clean the restrooms. <laughs> you say, at my home, I don't clean restrooms. They're clean for me. <laughs> well, welcome to the real world. Right? They'll give you a mop, send you to the restroom, clean the restroom. <laughs> That's good. Learn to serve. Okay, in the kitchen, you learn. Okay, you have to, you're under supervision. They say do the fries, do the fries. They say do it this way, do it this way. Make the Big Mac. First is this, second is that, third is that, not the other way around. Don't, you're not making your own burger. You're making a Big Mac. And don't eat it. <laughs> Somebody else eats it. Right? All right, back up. There's a, right? Yeah, okay, look. Here's a book. You can read it. It says what? Everything I know. This is somebody writing. Everything I know about business, I learned where? At McDonald's. <laughs> Everything I know about business, I learned at McDonald's. Right? It's a good place to learn. <laughs> right? You learn the system. Right? There's a procedure. There's a process. Step one, step two, step three. And you learn how to deal with pub the public and learn the customer is always right. The customer's king, not you. Right? That's right. So we learn. It does, you know, the world doesn't revolve around me. The customer's right. That's a great experience. You know, if you work there, somebody's going to come and say, the coffee's too hot. Somebody's going to come, the coffee's too cold. Somebody's going to say, you know, I didn't want a pickle on my Big Mac. Ah, you you want to tell them, eat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to learn to serve others, right? Okay, so what's my point? Joseph went through that. Joseph went through that kind of process, as we'll see. Yeah, there was no McDonald's, no Burger King, no Pizza Hut, none of that stuff. But he learned, right? Okay, you know what was my first job? Next picture. <laughs> see that? That's a mop. <laughs> For those of you who don't recognize it, that's a mop, that's a mop bucket. Okay, my first job. I'm a student. I need a summer job. The summer job I got, cleaning. I got a job cleaning at the airport at night. Starts at 9 p.m. Ends at 7 a.m. You work through the night. I go there. The supervisor says, here, here's a, that's my equipment. That's it. Nothing else. The supervisor says, here's a bucket, here's a mop, go to the end. You know those walkways? You know how long they are? <laughs> go to the end and start mopping. I look at the end. <laughs> Where is it? 
Right? And there's no one there. That airport closed down at night. There's not a so you know, I, I look down the whole thing, there's not a single person. I walk down the end with my mop, my bucket, I start mopping. Right? After a couple of hours I'm halfway. <laughs> For what? One dollar an hour. One dollar an hour. You say, yeah, that was the ancient age. Yeah, it was. Still, one dollar, still not that much. 1968, one dollar, okay. You start, right? That was my first job. How about you? you see, right? It doesn't mean you always stay there. It's good to start at the bottom. Start at the bottom. We started at the bottom, now we're here. You got it? We started at the bottom, now we're here. Where do you start? At the bottom. Yeah, but you got to do it. Don't just sing about it. <laughs> Rap about it. Are you willing to start at the bottom? Right? Joseph started at the bottom. That was God's way. Right? That's my point. Okay. All right. Joseph. Joseph, his dream is up. But the way up is down. You got it? For Joseph, the way up is down. You're a privileged son in a privileged house, privileged position. But for Joseph, for you, the way up is down. You start at the bottom. So, right? That's what we read. This is the story of Joseph. Yes, his destiny is up. His dream is up. But the way up is down. I know, contradiction. But it's true. All right? Uh, okay, so you have the verse. We know, right? Joseph, you know, Joseph was... Uh, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, ended up in Egypt. Now, Joseph, here's the verse, now Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, the officer of the Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him where? Down. They brought him down. <laughs> right? He went down to Egypt, because the way up is down. He went down to Egypt, down to slavery, from liberty to slavery, right? He went to Potiphar's house. He's a slave. You know, you think Potiphar said, Joseph, you're a great guy. I can see your potential. Manage this house. Is that what happened? Is that what happened? No, you know the story. He's a slave in the house of Potiphar. He didn't start at the top. He started at the bottom. Joseph, you're a slave. Clean the washroom. Do this. Take out the trash. Clean up. Right? Joseph learned through what he experienced. And he learned to serve others. Yes, eventually through his faithful serving, he rose eventually. He's number two in that house. He's managing the house. But he didn't start there. He started at the bottom serving, right? Under supervision, serving others. And think about it. God blessed that house of Potiphar. They were blessed by him being there because he knows the Lord and the Lord is blessing him. But actually, the blessing, he doesn't get a reward. Think about it. Are you willing to do that? Joseph is there. I'm serving in this house because God is with me. God blesses this house through me. I don't get a pay raise. You know, part of it didn't come and say, Joseph, I'm doubling your wage. Great. Two times zero, still zero. I triple your wage. Three times zero, still zero. 
right? He's a slave. God blesses the house. He blesses others because of Joseph. And Joseph, he doesn't get a pay raise in a sense, not much personal benefit. The benefit flows to others, but God is using Joseph to bless others, right? That's God's way and that's God's learning for him. Okay, and then we know, okay, he was falsely accused by part of his wife, right? And because he's falsely accused, he's sent to prison. Now he's not just a slave. He's an imprisoned slave. He's really at the bottom. He went down to Egypt into slavery. From there, he goes down to the dungeon, the prison. He start right? The, right? He's as low as you can go, but God is with him, right? So this is God's way. Joseph, can you learn? Can you learn? It doesn't, right? He learns how to serve, how to serve others, how to, you know, allow God to bless others through him. That's his learning, right? You know, he's an innocent, right, victim. Right? He's wrongly convicted, wrongly confined. Think about you. If you were sent to jail wrongly, what would you do? I want a lawyer. Call my lawyer. <laughs> I appeal. I appeal to the judge, to the governor, to the prime minister, to whoever. Right? You complain. Right? Or you protest. I protest. I'm not doing anything. No cooperation. I go on hunger strike. Okay, go on hunger strike. It's a diet. Right? No, Joseph is there at the bottom, wrongly convicted, you know, among all those people. He could say, look, everybody else deserves to be here. You're all guilty. I'm innocent. <laughs> God wanted him to serve in that situation, right? And he did. He learned to serve, learned to serve the other prisoners in that prison. Eventually, again, God blessed the prison population, Praise the Lord. Yes, they were prisoners. Probably most of them belonged there. But God blessed the prison population through Joseph, through his serving. Right? Again, right? God, God wants to do that. Right? So, okay. Then, okay, we know two officials of uh, Pharaoh offended Pharaoh. We don't know quite the backstory why. We know Pharaoh, the, the emperor, was... Uh, offended by two, maybe, right, you know, by two of his officials, the butler and the baker, the cupbearer and the baker of his goods offended Pharaoh, and he sent them off to prison, the same prison. The, the chief jailer comes there, gives them into the care of Joseph, right? That's what's happening. He put number three, he sent them there, he put them in the custody of the house, the captain of the guard, the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and attend to them, care for them. Two new prisoners. Joseph, his two more people, take care of them. Take care of them, serve them. And he did. He served them well, right? So he's learning. You know, okay, then the story, the good account says, uh, one night they both dreamed, Pharaoh's cupbearer, the butler, and the baker, each his own dream, each with his own interpretation. When Joseph came to them next morning, he saw that they were troubled. And he asked them, uh, why are you downcast? Why, why are you sad? 
Why is, why is your face fallen today? Right? So you can see, Joseph was caring for others, and he's doing a good job. He's not just doing what he ought to do. He's really doing it, really caring for others. He notices their need, right? I think that's a good point. And he, you know, then they say, okay, we dreamed a dream. We don't have an interpreter. Look, Joseph didn't say, hey, look, buddy, I've been in here longer than you. You know, this is the way things go. Life is tough. Get over it. You get, yeah, you had a dream. Forget it. Let's go on. You think you got it bad? I don't deserve to be here. You guys, you got sent here by Pharaoh. You deserve it. I don't deserve it. I have a right to be sad. You don't. Get over it. Right? Could be that attitude, right, from himself. No, he's, he doesn't have that. They dream. He wants to help them. He's willing to help them. Okay, we know the dream. Let me go through. It takes a few verses to describe it. It goes this way. Um, the cupbearer, the butler says, you know, Joseph says, look, God gives the interpretation to dreams. You don't need a, uh, you know, a qualified professional. God can give interpretation, right? So tell me your dreams. God will give you the answer. Okay, so the butler tells him, the cupbearer tells him the dream. Let's go quick, right? It's like this. The, the, it's like a, a little video clip. The butler says, in my dream, I saw, I saw a vine. It grew three branches. The branches blossomed. They bore fruit, grapes. It all happened, you know, fast forward. The grapes, I squeezed the grapes into a cup, grape juice. I took it to Pharaoh. I presented it back to Pharaoh. That's my dream, okay? Joseph says, okay, here's what your dream means. This is God's interpretation. Three branches means three days. In three days, you'll be restored. You were the cupbearer, the butler to, the, to Pharaoh. In your dream, that's what you end up doing. In three days, God will restore you to your position. You'll again serve the wine to Pharaoh. That's the interpretation. That's what he means. Great. And Joseph says... When you get restored to your position, remember me. Remember me. Remember my case. I'm here. I was kidnapped. I, I was wrongly accused. I'm in prison. Please put in a word for me with Pharaoh. Presumably the cupbearer said, sure, I'll do it. You help me, I'll help you. Right? The other prisoner, the baker, says, well, you know, that's the... The, the message is good. The meaning is good. I like it. Okay, here's my dream. I was dreaming and I had, there are three baskets on my head. And the three baskets, I'm the baker, the three baskets on my head were full of baked goods, muffins, donuts, bagels, good stuff, pastries, croissants for Pharaoh. I'm going along, three baskets. As I'm going along, the birds are coming and eating the the bread out of my out of the basket that's my dream okay joseph says here's the interpretation here's the straight goods three baskets three days in three days pharaoh will lift up your head will get you out of here but the birds ate your bread you didn't get to pharaoh in your dream this is showing you yes pharaoh will get you out of prison He'll lift up your head. He'll lift up your head from off your body. 
you'll be hung, executed, and the birds will eat your flesh. That's the interpretation, right? So, right? Straight goods. Joseph told them the meaning. In three days, exactly that happened. In three days, Pharaoh had a birthday. birthday. He decided to hear the case, decide the case of the, of the cupbearer and the baker. The cupbearer, he decided he's innocent. Oh, it's not serious enough. He's restored for his position. The baker, he decided he's guilty. Off he goes. End of story. He's executed and the birds eat his flesh. It's fulfilled. And bottom line, end, end note, but the cupbearer forgot Joseph. He did not remember Joseph. So he got restored back to his position. He's again serving Pharaoh. He, didn't re he did not remember. Hey, you got to think about this. Really? You forgot? You forgot? Really forgot? Or you just chose not to talk about it? You know, not convenient. Joseph is a prisoner. You know, bad association. I don't want to think about that. Talk about that before Pharaoh. He, you know, that won't help my status. Nothing in it for me. So I won't talk about it. He, he didn't quote, remember, he quote, forgot Joseph, and Joseph remained in prison for another two years, okay? Then, oh, think about it, but this is what God wants. Are you and I willing to serve others, and there's no return, no payback, no appreciation, no recompense, right? Are you willing but God, that's what God wants, and that's what jo God brought Joseph through, you know, in, in our human life and even in our Christian service. God wants us to serve others. Why? Because they should be served, because God wants us to serve them even when there's no recompense, no appreciation. They forget you. Are you still willing to serve? That's God's way. You know, this is the principle with Joseph, and it's the principle God applies to once for us. It's what God himself does. The Lord Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to this earth as a man, the Son of Man, not to be served by humans, but to serve them. Right? And give his life. That's God's way. Then the question is, are you and I willing, because God wants that for us, are we willing to serve others? And whether or not they appreciate it, whether or not you know, there's a return or whatever, we still serve them. That's God's way. Right? Um, that's the way God would lead, lead us to do. Amen. God wants to serve us to serve. Okay, eventually, praise the Lord, the, the cupbearer forgot. The cupbearer did not remember. God remembers. Amen. Amen. God is good at remembering. So I like to encourage you. People may forget. People may not appreciate. People may choose to ignore what you and I do for them for the sake of the Lord. But God remembers. Amen. 
God does not forget. God takes account. And God worked in this situation so that eventually Joseph came out. The total is 13 years. He went down to Egypt age 17. By the time he got out of prison, he was 30. That's 13 years. God took him through that. The way up is down. He went down for those 13 years, learned to serve others. Eventually, in God's time, God's way, he was elevated. Right? He was brought out of the prison. How did God do that? Pharaoh had a dream. Right? You can read about it. Chapter 41. Pharaoh had a dream. He's on his bed. He dreams. In his dream, he sees Seven fat cattle. They're fat, they're chubby, good-looking cattle come out of the river. They're eating the grass beside the river. Right after that, seven skinny, scrawny, ugly cattle come out of the river beside them. And you never see this in real life because cattle are herbivores, right? The seven ugly, skinny cattle ate up the seven fat chubby, good-looking, handsome cattle, and yet the skinny cows, cattle, were no fatter. That's the dream, right? It happens in dreams. And there's a similar second dream along the same lines. Okay, Pharaoh explains to his people what it, the dream, he describes it. Nobody knows the answer. Whoa, the cupbearer remembers. Hey, just a minute, I remember. You know, he tells Pharaoh, I remember, you know, when I was in trouble, I was in prison. There was a young guy there, Hebrew lad. He told me my dream, me and the baker, and exactly the way he said it, that's what happened. That's why I'm here. The baker's not here. He's right. Pharaoh says, go to prison, get, get Joseph. He's going to interpret my dream. So in one day, one day, in the beginning of the day, Joseph's in the bottom. He's in prison, in the dungeon. By the end of the day, he's elevated, right? They come and get Joseph out of the prison. They say, quick, Pharaoh wants to see you. Get, here's some new clothes. Put them on. Get shaved. Get a haircut. Get in front of Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, this is my dream. I heard you know you can do this. Joseph says, God can do it. God wants to show you what to do, right? Here's your dream. Here's what it means. Seven years of plenty, seven fat cattle, seven years of plenty in Egypt, seven skinny cattle. That means seven, followed by seven years of famine. No rain, no produce, no cattle. Okay, God is showing you, Pharaoh, so in the seven good years, you can provide for the seven bad years. God is showing you what he can do his, if I were you, this is what I would do. Pharaoh says, you're the man. You're the man. You got your job, your strategy. We're going to do that. You got the job. You're number two in Egypt. Minister of agriculture. Econo economy, it's all yours. Handle it. He's number two. One, he's elevated. Right? He's out of prison. Right? In God's time, in God's way, God remembered Joseph, and I like to tell you and I, remind you and I, whatever we do for Christ, for God, whether people appreciate it or not, God remembers. And one day, you will be elevated. One day, God will elevate you and me, and God will reward us according to our labor. Amen? 
Whatever you do in the name of Christ for others, God will reward it. God will remember. So we're we're like Joseph. We're not on the throne. We're not number two. We're like Joseph in the 13 years. Yes, we're learning to serve others according to God, with God, and God remembers what we do. Amen? So let's, brothers and sisters... This is your opportunity. Don't say, oh, I'm waiting till I'm elevated. When I'm elevated, you know, God puts me in charge of the country. Canada, North America, I'll take it. <laughs> Don't wait. No, now's the time to learn how to serve others. Follow God's principle to serve others, right? According to God, with God. Uh, so, okay, ask yourself, what can I do to serve the Lord? Right? Don't, you know, John F. Kennedy said this, do not ask what your country can do for you. Ask, what can you do for your country? Got it? Famous line. Don't ask what your country can do for you. Serve you. Ask what you can do for your country. I would say this morning, don't ask what others can do for you. Ask, what can you do for others? What can you do for others? What can you do to serve the Lord? What can you do to serve others? Ask yourself this week. Even what can you do? There's no return to me. Right? And that's good. I'm good with that because God remembers. Amen? Amen. Right? That's that, you know, what can you do? I would say, you know, this church, you can do practical things. You can do financial things. Some of us have the finance. Most of us have the finance. We can do, you know, you want to offer to this church, there's envelopes right out the door. Go out the door, turn left, there's envelopes. It says, check, cash, check, date. You know, some people still use cash, use check. Some people still use cash, right? Date, amount. You can give. You can give. Give to the church, Right? Give to the Lord, right? That's one way I can give. It's not what I can get. It's my service to God for God's interest on the earth. You can fill it out, fill out your name, address, phone number. You want a tax receipt, it will come, right? That's one way we can give financially to help others, to help the church, right? That's one way. Another way is to serve Next week is a good opportunity. Next week is the first Sunday of the month. We're going to have lunch. I invite you all to stay for lunch. Right? But here's a way. When we have lunch together, the food comes from somewhere. You know? The food, it doesn't fall from heaven. There's real people like you, like me, who cook cook whatever, who cook or buy and bring the food. That's another way, right? You can say, I'm doing what? And tell the Lord, Lord, I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing this, you know, there's no prize for the best dish. We don't have a contest, you know. Oh, this is the best dish. We don't have that. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm doing this for you. This is my service to others for your sake, Lord, I do it for you. Maybe people don't know. Oh, did you cook that? (laughs) Maybe nobody knows. God knows. 
God knows what you and I do for him. Amen? Amen. All right. We're finished. You know, one day God will remember. One day, every single thing. You give somebody a glass of water in the name of Jesus, God will remember. On that day. Let's, you know, so let's do things for him this week. Amen? Lord, we pray. Remember us all this week. Lord, we're here under your hand, under your sovereignty. You've arranged everything in our life. Lord, pray, Lord, remind us this week. We have a destiny. Lord, and on the way, we like to learn, according to your way, how to serve, serve you by serving others for their benefit. Others will benefit in the kingdom, Lord, and you remember.